Welcome to another episode of the Live to Accomplish podcast by Nathan Shooter. For more inspiring content, blogs, and videos, visit nathanshooter.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, which I've just started recently. Thank you so much uh, for joining me here on episode two. So in case you haven't already checked it out, have a listen to episode one, where we talk about timing in terms of starting up. When's the right time to start a business? Or maybe you're not in business, so when is the right time to start a new idea? That episode explores that a little bit, and the blog on the website also explores that perhaps in a little more detail. And there's some key questions that we can ask ourselves at the end of that episode and also on the blog on the website. Some really thought-provoking questions that get us to think about our timing and our sense of timing. And perhaps we should go and make the leap or perhaps we should do a few more things and then make a considered start. So in this episode, we're going to be continuing the idea of timing, but we're going to be framing it this time in the context of being in the middle of your story or being in the very middle of your business or new idea that you recently started. And that brings us to the middle mile syndrome. What is it? And are we suffering from it without even realizing it? And what can we do about it? So you've made that start. You've made that magical start and it's an incredible rush. Yet sometimes it feels like keeping it going can be an absolute drag. And that's why I call this the middle mile syndrome. But good news, in this episode, we've got five key and very simple things that you and I can both do to beat it. So you've turned that shiny doorknob on that freshly painted door and opened it with great gusto. And anyone who started a new endeavor or a new business really does deserve an applause. So well done for that. But maybe, maybe nobody told you that once you open that door, you might sometimes find a long and at times narrow corridor. And we live in a culture that praises us as startups or new adventures, but then we, as a culture, we also tend to neglect the carry-ons, the ones like you and I who slowly but faithfully chip away at our ideas long after the crowd has dispersed. So what do we do? How do we deal with this middle mile? See, I break it down into three parts. First, we can all start something. We can all go out and commit to something. And going the second mile, as we know, we're taught that, that that's all about excellence. Going the second mile is all about doing more and over and above than we were asked. And doing and continuing on past that is the third mile. And this is where the persistence gear kicks in. It's the mile that others often don't see you driving or walking on. Except perhaps for your nearest and dearest, your family and your friends. It can be at times a lonely and quiet mile. So why is it then that some of us can persist and continue on the journey while others succumb? I've strived and sometimes I've struggled to be a person who, yes, creates as in starts, commits to the middle, and then also completes that last mile. So anyone who says to you and I that they've mastered all of these things probably is kidding themselves. They probably don't even have a pulse. So what do you and I do to keep on going? There's plenty of amazing advice out there, but what I've done is distilled it down to five things that I believe that we can do to take control of the middle mile. Okay, number one, take ownership. 
Sometimes I need to be reminded that the projects and the endeavors that I started were my choice. I wasn't forced to do them. Nobody pushed them on me. So when it comes time to examining process or complete lack thereof, it can be really tempting to apportion blame to other people and other circumstances, health and weather even. But what is more empowering is if we take complete ownership. We take responsibility, take complete ownership of perhaps the sometimes incomplete things that we have started yet not carried on. Perhaps there's things in your life where you feel like it's someone else's fault or you feel like it's the economy or the weather or health or circumstances which are beyond your control, but maybe if you were to actually analyze that more deeply, you would find that it's actually something that you were responsible for. So can you take radical responsibility and think to to yourself, hey, maybe I'll take full ownership of that rather than apportioning blame. And key number two, recall the reason. When we go through life after school, we emerge full of dreams after graduating with plans, aspirations, and a big sense of curiosity about what we can achieve. Yet, as the rhythms of life's routine set in, we sometimes forget about that, and the humdrum of the everyday extinguishes our hopes that we once held for ourselves and sometimes each other in our family. So this is when it's really useful to do a quick mind audit by looking at the mental picture that we once previously held of our future, and then contrasting it side by side with the picture that we hold for ourselves now. And then we need to ask ourselves, are they different? Why are they different? And what is so different about each of them? So we need to be reinvigorated by recalling in our minds the reason that we were motivated to start the idea of the business in the first place. And it's useful not just to leave it there. Maybe you can recall that reason, but then also share it. Share it with a close friend or a business colleague or some family members and ask them to help you revive the energy from that initial start. Their encouragement may be just the thing you need. It's really useful also to me to remember that it's not just the everyday people like you and I who struggle with this. See, Walt Disney, as we all know, was an incredible thinker, and I admire him not only for his creative mind, but also for his business acumen. But I believe it's his mindset which brought the creative and the business together. And his sense of curiosity, the one that we sometimes lose along the way, is what kept him moving. So have a listen to this quote. We keep moving forward, opening new doors and doing new things because we're curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. What an incredible thought. So that sense of reason and startup that motivated us to keep going is great. So we need to do part A of recalling that. And then we need to do part B, which is enabling the curiosity again. And Walt Disney himself attributes curiosity as a thing that helped them to continue to open new doors and to head down new paths. I believe that it can do the same for you and I. All right, number three, progress, not pause. That probably doesn't sound super exciting, but great endeavors you'll find aren't reserved only for the super talented. They're actually built by diligent people. If you pull the veil back on many of society's geniuses, yes, you'll find people who are indeed extraordinary, but you'll also find people who are willing to outwork others. Diligence is what's going to help you and I progress rather than just pause. And Michelangelo definitely knew this better than most. He said this, If people knew how hard I work to gain my mastery, 
it wouldn't seem so wonderful at all. What a really humbling thought. Here's a man who's a creative genius and is able to create artworks that have outlasted many, many lifetimes. Yet he's saying here, people say that I'm incredible as a genius and as, a, as an artistic thinker, but really, if you pull the veil back and look at who I really am, it's actually my hard work that has gained this mastery and you wouldn't find it so wonderful. So maybe, again, that that's something that you and I can learn from. So, maybe we need to stop thinking that all great endeavors are done by superhuman people who have talents and abilities that outweigh ours. And maybe, just maybe, it's also attributed to diligence. And that diligence will help us to progress rather than pause. And number four, choose to connect. Two of the ways that we sometimes struggle to connect with other people are socially and emotionally. So, Living in a regional or an inland place far away from the metro areas where it's all happening can sometimes feel like it has its geographic challenges. But really, it's no reason to feel socially disconnected. You see, we live in a global village where technology bridges the social divide faster and cheaper than ever. It basically eliminates all excuses that we have for loneliness. Yet sometimes we can feel like others just don't get me. Others just don't understand you. So... We shouldn't necessarily expect everyone to understand and empathize with how we think. We shouldn't expect everyone to know what we're looking for in our new venture, or how it even feels to be walking on this middle mile. But the good news is there are people who actually do understand what it's like walking the middle mile. People who have probably suffered and walked their way through the middle mile syndrome as well. How we can access these people are many and varied. So you can do that online, in person, on the phone, or however you want to choose to connect. But the main focus is this, choosing to connect. We tend to think that we should stumble upon relationships rather than forging and working hard at them. You see, we need to seek out emotional encouragement by those who have been there and perhaps lived that. If we really, truly want to feel heard and understood by others, we need to push past our comfort zone and choose to connect. It's not always easy, but it gets easier when you do choose. Brene Brown says this, I define connection as the energy that exists between two people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. They derive sustenance and strength from that relationship. That there is a great thought. Choosing to connect can initially be awkward or hard even, but once you do, part A happens. You feel heard, you feel seen, you feel valued. And then once you establish that relationship or friendship, part B kicks in. That's when you and the other person reciprocally start to feel the sustenance and the nourishment of that relationship kick in. And you feel stronger because of it. I would really encourage you to go onto Facebook, Twitter, or whatever platform you use as well. Go and seek out new Facebook groups that you can join. Go and look at different inspiring people that you can follow to feel emotionally encouraged or inspired by their content. There are definitely an incredible amount of ways in person as well that you can do that. Go and join a club, a non-profit, a church, a charity group, whatever it is. Create a sense of community. Go out and choose to connect. And number five, apply agile thinking. When you're suffering from the middle mile syndrome, we can sometimes find ourselves in a rut. That's never an awesome place. And this is where agile thinking will help you to dig your way out. You see, like you, I am a creature of habit and I find it really easy, like very easy, to slip into habitual thinking and patterns of regular behavior. 
And that is useful in the sense of making routines every day work for you, but it can also work against you. It can create patterns of life which you then one, two, three, even four years later realize have been unchanged. So what can we do? What can we do to untether ourselves from these patterns of the past? Perhaps we need to push ourselves to try new things, to experiment and to innovate in new ways. Even the smallest changes will help you to develop agile thinking. So if you're honestly not sure where to start, then perhaps do something simple that might lead to some significant change later on. Find a way to create change in your regular routine, and that might be less intimidating than going out and maybe changing everything at once. So we all have to, for example, have to drive to work, we have to pick the kids up, or we have to go and do the groceries. So perhaps try doing something new in that set of routines that you have to do. That might be going and finding a new way to work, or deliberately getting lost on the way home from work and then finding a new way home, or maybe shopping at a different shopping center. I know that sounds exciting. Or maybe when you pick up the kids, it's doing something different with them on the drive back home. Creating small things and simple things may just lead to significant outcomes. Now that we've discovered five simple things to beat the middle mile syndrome, it's over to you. What are you going to implement and do to beat it? What are you going to do to keep up the pace? So we can develop um, the live to accomplish mindset. I've developed a suite of seven questions which will help us to analyze our thinking. So if you head over to the website, you can find them in the blog article at the end. Maybe you're driving or jogging or walking the dog while you're listening to this. So maybe allocate some time in your calendar to sit down and to go through these questions at your own pace. And the other thing to note is to ask these questions in the first person. So that way it absolutely relates to you. Okay, number one, what outcomes am I yet to take full ownership of? What are the things that we apportion blame to other people when in reality we can deal with? Number two, what are the original reasons I started the venture I'm currently struggling with? That's an important one because we need to be reinvigorated with our original purpose. Number three, which books CDs, podcasts, and audiobooks could encourage me to continue what I've committed myself to. It gets hard as we start new things, but we need to develop a vocabulary of overcoming and progressing. So make sure you're surrounding yourself with content that'll really help you to continue on. Number four, are there things I can do to improve how I connect with others? Have you had to think about that? Maybe it's not working as you would like it to. Look at what you're doing and maybe make some improvements, small or significant. Number five, do I have a balanced understanding of what perseverance is? You see, this is important because it's not about being unmoving, unchanging or stubborn even. It's important that we have a balanced view of what it is. Number six, what patterns of the past can I ditch? Are there new ways to experiment? We talked about making some simple changes, even small ones, like taking a different route on the drive home. Start somewhere, but the important thing is that you actually do start. Number seven, what words do I need to add to my vocabulary? For example, perseverance, tenacity, determination, patience, endurance, and diligence. They're all ways that we can help input into our minds the things that we want to do. Well, thanks very much for joining me on episode number two, and you can get all of the show notes and questions over at nathanshooter.com, and you can find all the questions there as well. And I really hope that some of these five simple things can help you to beat the middle mile syndrome, to keep on keeping on. 
And I'd love to hear what you have to say. If you've got strategies and things that you do to help you beat the middle mile, I want to hear about it. So perhaps you can comment on the blog or maybe in Facebook or on Twitter. You'll find me in both of those. Until next time, do simple things that create significant outcomes so you can live to accomplish. Find more content from Nathan on most social media channels and at nathanshooter.com.